Geeks Plus with Sam. And this is Danny. And together we're exploring the letter of James. We're not really exploring, we're, we're wrapping up, right? Yeah, we're wrapping up. Uh, put the finishing touches on James. Was James uncomfortable to you? James is very uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it is funny how the God's Word has this way of like just uh, picking a fight with you, you know, like and they're looking at a problem and, and it critiques it, you know, in your life. and. Um, it feels like the Bible has like a, uh, a problem to level with us. And mm-hmm. It makes us kind of feel like that, uh, you know, we uh, we got to get on changing some things and reorienting some areas of our lives uh, so that we would uh, be more like that, uh, which God has called us to be. Yeah, and I think one of the things we've talked about, we've said at the onset that this, this letter was for Christians. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. You said that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, if you're if you're like not in the faith, this letter is doesn't make sense. It's 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 preposterous. It's, mm-hmm. it's repulsive in a sense. Sometimes. It is, yeah. You're but right. as Christians, it's it's James is kind of giving us a little little bit of a spanking in a sense of how we're at to act. And I I thought about we talked about how do we how do we wrap this up, mm-hmm. right? We've we've covered a lot of text already through podcasts, through prior sermons, mm-hmm. through Bible study. Mm-hmm. So today we we thought just kind of going through what we think. Are six themes that kind of come out of James, right? Mm-hmm. Six six ways uh, that the Christians, as we said, this letter is for Christians, and how we're different. So we're just going to kind of run through these six things, and we're going to kind of talk about them. And this gives a good summary uh, of the book, right? We can say these these six things. Um, does that sound fair? That's fair with me, yeah. Right. So the first thing, and some of these may 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 kind of sound repetitive. Because we've done in podcasts before, but the first one is a Christian ought to rejoice when there are problems. You know, knowing that perseverance through trial brings spiritual growth. And we talked about this in James 1. Yeah, that's the idea of trials and temptations, right? Kind of. Yeah. You know, James addresses this idea that trials and, and tribulations are temptations that we might face. You know, might lead us to joy, might encourage us to persevere through those difficulties. You know, view trials as opportunity uh, may uh, be a crucial way of overcoming those difficulties i think i'm saying yeah and i think we think we talk about like you know people in the world may may see when they go through trials they, they become angry they become depressed they, be, they mm-hmm. whenever they face adversity but as a christian we're to respond to our trials in joy as you said mm-hmm. in knowing that when trouble is near so is the lord the lord is also near to us as well oh but so is growth and so you know so is growth maturity right like you can't with testing of the faith comes growth and maturity in that faith so yeah yeah, joy allows you to see that way for sure yeah so that's one of the first first things that we want to kind of highlight the second thing is you know as christians we ought to respond to temptation by taking action against sin not falling to it but taking action against it Mm -hmm. you know godly people expect temptation and they they deal with temptation through prayer self-control and the knowledge that god's word is is there and we, we're not to rationalize our unrighteous behavior we're to deal with sin well i think yeah i think one of the biggest problems we have with the bible and with sin is that first with the bible is that we well with both of them is that is that we domesticate both of them yeah, we domesticate the Bible so the there has no more impact with us, and we domesticate sin, right? Like and so, like, 
we domesticate the Bible in uh, in sin. Is, is it domesticate or desensitize? Not well. I I you think I domesticate? Know, you, I'm <laughs> thinking about domesticating. Like for example, humans have domesticated lions. Oh, I right? see. Yeah, domesticating. Yeah. yeah. If dinosaur was here today, I'm pretty sure dinosaur would be with somebody's lap, pet. Lap, lap, yeah, pet. somebody's pet. So we domesticate. And here's what I'm we do. I'm tracking we, some, we domesticate both of them for a reason, so that both would serve us because we we're selfish, mm-hmm. we're egocentric individuals, right? So, um, so when you, so I think that's uh, plays a role with the Bible. Why the Bi- Bible doesn't impact us so much anymore is because we domesticate it. You, we, we mm-hmm. use it so it serves us, like we do our dogs, and then <laughs> we domesticate it sin for the same purpose, so it will serve us. But then, but that way, by just allowing sin to live in our lives consistently, not remembering that sin uh, is destructive to life. So it is a is on two, two opposite of the spectrum, but we domesticate both of them for our own benefit, and because of it, we are suffering from from yeah. domesticating both. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Uh, so in terms of, you know, the, the as we continue to go through this here, not only the, the New Testament, much of the New Testament focuses on, on explaining what Christians believe, right? Mm-hmm. But James, he actually zeroes in on a, on a very key thing about what Christians ought to do in order to demonstrate what they believe. Mm-hmm. And he talks about we're not only to hear the word, but we're to do the word, do what the word mm-hmm. teaches us. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the third thing that we want to talk about. James says, sincerity of faith is seen in how you walk not just how you talk uh, he emphasizes the importance of a faith that is accompanied by the works right mm-hmm. uh, action speaks louder than words uh, we hear that all the time right like you know I'm a Christian but uh, how you're acting and I, and I think that's what he's saying he's, he argues the genuineness of someone's faith is manifested by how they act by their Christian actions and, and that faith without those actions is pretty much not existent and um yeah i don't know what else to say there i i I think so like i think that because uh the christian living um we have a a problem with the word holiness and sanctification right like we don't we can't be perfect and we talk about this this is the other time Mm -hmm. but because you can't be perfect doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue uh, yeah, you shouldn't pursue being being holy. You shouldn't pursue being perfection. Don't use it as an excuse. And a lot of times we rest on that and we say, "Well, I'm not perfect." So and then you then keep doing the same keep, old thing. Keep, no, yeah, uh, that, we're, then, not, we're not conditioned, and we're not. That's where desensitizing comes in, right? Where we sure. desensitize, mm-hmm. trying to become more like Christ, and mm-hmm. we're kind of like, "Well, grace is sufficient. I'm good to go." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the problem. So um, Christians give up too soon in life transformation. And I think we should pursue life transformation. And that life transformation through the Holy Spirit is what produced those actions in us that James is talking about here. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, rejoicing when there are problems, responding when there's temptation, mm-hmm. um, not only hearing what God's word says, but doing it. But not only that, we're not to be prejudiced, right? Mm-hmm. Unlike mm-hmm. the world, uh, disciples of Jesus, Christians are exclusive in matters of faith but inclusive in matters of love. And I really love that statement. Uh, in other words, we believe that only that Christians are saved, but when we're out to love people, mm-hmm. regardless of their social, cultural, or religious backgrounds, we're called to love, right? And a lot of times 
we have um, we've kind of fallen into that and we've kind of become exclusive in our love exclusive in in our faith and exclusive in other areas as well well and i think that's where one of the things that james pushes a lot into his letters the care for the needy right yeah the letter emphasizes the importance of caring for the poor and the vulnerable uh god is for the vulnerable that's what he's for. James criticized favoritism, discrimination, which you've been talking about, mm-hmm. based on wealth or whatever other concerns that might be there. But uh, he, he talks about that. And I think throughout the Bible, it's very clear that the heart of God goes towards those who are vulnerable. Right? Uh, because those who are completely dependent on him, um, and, and love calls for that. Um, calls to love and care for those who are more vulnerable in our midst. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things I really love about, you know, what James kind of talks about is like he's, he, he kind of calls us out. Mm-hmm. He calls us out. And a lot of people don't like to be called out. I don't like to be called no. out. But um, he speaks truth and, and his truth ought to convict us to kind of change and how we look at things. And not if we find ourselves being partial to certain things mm-hmm. you know he says you know don't be that way you, sure, you are yeah. to you ought to be inclusive of everyone regardless of stature regardless of where they are in society you know and he he's very he very keys in on that and he talks about that a lot in in the letter and i think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't like james because he calls you out in you know, more ways than one in this area for sure and then then the fifth the fifth idea that we kind of want to work with is that you know Christians ought to have control over their tongues. You know, um, we said if faith is evidenced by works, then no works bear greater testimony to faith than those generated by how we speak. Mm-hmm. And what and Jesus says, what comes out of your mouth generates from the heart, which is a great barometer. Your mouth is a great barometer of what is in your heart. So, a lot of us are not caring for the heart, not uh, investing in the heart. We are not. Expending time in God's word that changes the heart. God's word doesn't change the mouth. It doesn't change the, the, you know, the words you use. What it does is it changes the heart that influences the words you say, therefore making your mouth uh, a little cleaner, a little more sanctified, uh, making your mouth a little bit more encouraging, right? Uh, less crit- less criticism comes out of it, more encouragement, more positiveness comes out of it. Um, not because you're faking your words out, but because your heart has the position and the, and the attitude of someone who has been influenced by God. So, um, I think it's a cultivation of the heart that indicates the, the words that comes out of the mouth. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, one of the things too as well with the tongue is like, it is the key to controlling the whole the whole being, right? Mm-hmm. Mind, body, soul. You know, in fact, more churches are destroyed by slander mm. versus false doctrine. True. You know, you would think it's the opposite, right? False doctrine, but it, it's slander. And um, so we have to have control over this thing that God gave us. To profess His truth, ought to be the, we ought to be using those things to also pervert His truth as well. So. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good right there. Yeah, so, um, you know, so we got, you know, how we're to rejoice, we're to respond, how we're to not only hear and do, we're not to have prejudice, we're to have control. Mm-hmm. And then he ends it, he ends his, his kind of, the, the sixth thing we want to work with is 
we're to consider God first in all things, in all affairs. And James actually focuses on, on finances here. Well, right? Another topic that kind of like is a little sensitive, right? Sure, sure, for sure. He says, and um, nothing is dearer to us than what? Our pocketbooks, right? Nothing is closer to us on that. But we're to honor God with, with that as well. Um, and he gives that warning in the last, last second of the last chapter about warning to the rich and yeah, you do that? you're indulging yourself too much into uh, luxury, you know, you're too boasting on what you'll be paying there. Well, here's the bad news is that that's going to be all eat up. Um, you're not going to be able to take advantage of the benefits that you gain of that here on on earth in heaven. So James pretty much said like, well, you got you got all the benefits you could get from that on earth. And that's where it's going to be. That's the end of it all. Where those who are more vulnerable uh, might not have been the privileges that some of the people with a lot of more luxury has, but mm-hmm. it will and endured hardened hardship on on earth will be blessed in heaven. I think Jesus in the Beatitude kind of kind of plays like that, right? Like he kinds of say, you know what? Blessed are those, and the least that Jesus says in the Beatitude of the blessed ones are not the kind of list that you expect, you know, to come out. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemaker. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs are the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you uh, when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for they, uh, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus is, uh, and I think James Bohr from the Beatitudes in a sense he said, you know what, those who wait to get all the benefit mm-hmm. of their living on earth, mm, it ends here. You know, and those who are vulnerable, those who are suffering, those who are being taken advantage of because of their faith, because of who they in who they believe, um, who are suffering here, don't you worry about that. God has a better future for you uh, than your current state. Um, and, and that brings hope. And I think that passage is all to bring hope for uh, the follower of Jesus who encounter many temptations and trials uh, on earth who are ridiculed for their faith, who, who are ridiculed for what they believe in, um, and even at times discriminated for who we are as a follower of Jesus, and then and for the moral values that we live by, mm-hmm. we, you know, we apply for our lives, what, how we live our lives is, is completely opposite in the world, it should be completely opposite in the world, and um, so, and for that we suffer, and James said like, well, you're suffering here, and that's okay. But God has something greater for you in the future. And, um... Yeah, no, I think, I think you said the best there. I think that's the one thing we have to keep in mind as we read this letter is that everything is that James is trying to talk about is not to, is not to convict us, it's to help us to commit. Help mm. us to commit to the cause, commit mm. to, what we're, to what we believe, commit mm. to what we know is true. And, you know, as I think about just this book and this kind of like, We've spent this time on it now. It's like, okay, was that great? I went through another book and now I just move on to something else. It's mm-hmm. like, how, what are some practical changes I'm kind of doing 
to help sure. kind of apply what it is James is teaching me. And I know I've spoken to a few people who have said they really love the letter. They've loved the study that we're doing. It's very convicting. And it's kind of James is in your face. And it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like that for a reason. Because we live in a day and age where uh, if we don't stand up for the truth, who will? Mm. You know? And um, I think that's one thing that this, this letter kind of reminds us in the day and time that we're living in today. Helps us remember how important this book is even more because we're facing a lot of trials. We're going through a lot of temptation. We're going through all of these things. We're being bombarded by it. And uh, as we kind of like, as I think about this, I think of like the four P's that James kind of ends the letter with. Mm-hmm. He talks about patience, right? You ought to have patience. Then he says you ought to have purity of heart. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he talks about that. Then he talks about being in prayer. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about pausing, like stopping, assess where you're at, see where you're at. He talks about that last verse where he says, yeah, like, my brethren, if any of you among you strays from the truth, turn one back, you know? So, yeah. so I, I really like that. And that's some of the things that I think about. I need to, I need to be able to, you know, pause and I need to be able to be in prayer. I need to be able to be patient. And I also need to ensure that I have purity of heart, which we've already talked about. Like the whole letter hinges on this idea: I were to establish our heart, right? Establish our heart in God and in, in the Word. And I think that's kind of for me how I kind of think of this letter and what I've kind of taken away from it. Well, yeah, and and I think, it, I mean, we could have ended there. I just thought thought ahead was that the whole idea of having established heart is so that you're ready for Jesus' second coming, which I think <laughs> is what he's trying to get you ready mm-hmm. here, right? We so James coming, looks yeah. forward to the return of Christ and urges us Christians to be patient and steadfast in their faith and and knowing that the salvation that we have is drawing, is, is drawing us near to that time where Jesus is coming back, so be established there. And yeah. So, yeah, and it challenges us because... God wants us to be in tune with His will so that we would be established in, in His Word for Jesus' second coming. And I think we don't talk about that very much at the CC at times, about the importance of living life and with the fact that Jesus is coming back anytime. So, um, and, and, and I don't know, that, that for me is how, what James, all the... It, all, all that James does throughout his letter is to end here. Yeah. Hey, well, get your heart in the right spot because this is coming back. Well, as you, as you say that, I think about this, right? This is a simple test. Like, it's, and it's just for you to just just do it on your own, right? You mm-hmm. talk about <clears throat> a good way to tell how far away you are from God is to examine how near you are to his word. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a good indicator. That will tell you. Mm-hmm. If you want to know how far away you are from God, how close are you to him from his word standpoint? Mm. How close are you to spending time in God's word? Mm. A lot of us like to like to think that we read God's word, but are we really truly studying and learning what God wants for us? And that's what you're kind of talking about. How are we living in light of the fact that Jesus is coming again? It is a truth, mm-hmm. you know? He is coming again. The question is, are we ready for when he comes? And I think, uh, and I think we at the Love Action Church have to take serious this call to make disciples by teaching uh, God's people God's word. Yeah, it was Augustine that said, "Where Scripture speaks, God speaks," and and I think that's what we that's what we really want to be highlighted at the Love Action Church, right? Yeah. This podcast, the the videos for small groups, the preaching, the sermons. I Hopefully, uh, not hopefully, I know that we allow God's Word to speak. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we were 
Where God words, where God word speaks, we speak. Where God was silent, we're, we're silent. silent. <laughs> yeah. So we, I think we're very, we're very faithful to that call, and and, and very faithful in empowering God's people to be closer to God's word, because that's determine how close they are to God Himself. So, as you were saying before, um, hopefully this season was a good season where people were challenged by God's word, uh, so to draw near to Him. Uh, because it is the drawing near that will dictate um, our eternal life with Him. Um, and so, may we all be drawing near yeah, to I, Him on know, a daily basis. Yeah, we're at the persevere, right? The Lord is near, whatever hardship or discouragement you're facing, don't give up. Keep following Him, keep obeying. The crown is for those who finishes faithfully. So mm. finish faithfully. Mm. Be pure in heart. Be commitment to your yes. You know, be a yes Christian, even mm. if it costs you something. Mm. It costs Jesus everything. everything. So you gotta be you gotta be a yes. His life he gave his life in order for us to be a Christian in the first place. So why do we complain about being a disciple if it costs us something? Right? Pray. We need to pray for everything. Yeah. If Elijah asks for God to stop raining, God answer his prayer. Yeah, and so. I, I mean, we spend, <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think we spend real little time in, uh, in this. Uh, we just had one sermon we, we barely really talked about <laughs> in podcast about prayer. Yeah, you know, um, James encouraged believers to pray, man, and we yeah. we we try to do that here too with you know prayer nights and worship nights with, with prayer. Um, with asking people to send prayer requests, we pray for people, but um. Prayer is crucial, and uh, in faith and in trust, God, trust in God, faith determines a lot. Your life of prayer determines how much you trust God. I, I you know, you know, if you're praying little and doing more, then I think yeah. we need to be more on our knees than acting. Yeah. When it comes to trying to fix the problem that we have in life, we need to be more on our knees than acting it out. Um, that's how, you, that's how you got those cuts on your knees, right? Mm, on those pants. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Sunday morning black pants? Yes, yeah, that's right. Every hey, Sunday you're I'm pray, you're praying, praying all day. That's every right. day ready for a sermon. I think the last thing I would say, it also starts with P, is we're, we're to put his teaching into action. You know, everything we read, everything we, we consume, like we got to put it into action. A lot of times we just, you know, we, we hear it, but we don't do it. You know, I think... Everything that God talks about, everything that God has given to us in His in the in the book in the Bible, it's profitable. And uh, you know, there's a verse in Timothy that talks about that. You know, so I think we're to hold on to that and apply everything that God teaches us. Um, this that's one way to kind of help us as we kind of move forward as we think about our path forward. So, any last words? Mm, I don't think so. You said it all, boy. Yeah. Well, as always, we really hope and we really do enjoy doing this. We hope that it was, if you, if you really enjoyed the teaching, if you really enjoyed the sermons, the Bible study, the podcast, if you have questions at all about anything at all from James, uh, feel free to definitely reach out to us, you know, Sam and Danny at yeah. Sam at DCC Wired, Danny at DCC Wired. We'd love to hear from you, love to share, uh, he, share what, love to hear what, to hear what you, you have, yeah, you we'd have. love to hear what your um, yeah. uh, insights on what you learned from uh book of James and some of those areas in your life that God challenges you and, and how you plan to uh, put those things in his uh, under his umbrella in your life and, and to see something being changed yeah. well um, until our next adventure until the next Bible book that God leads us to I 
you always say? Be blessed. Be blessed. <laughs>